All right. Welcome back to 162, episode 11. Shout out Carson Wentz. Tony, it's been a little while. What's been uh, What's been happening? I feel like the summer's already here. I've been on one vacation. Major <laughs> League Baseball teams are tanking. Like, a fi- summer is officially here, so yep. we're ready to roll. Yep. Happy anniversary. Uh, today is May. What even is it? It's May 24th. Happy anniversary to Ichiro Suzuki, former Marlins great, uh, notable Marlin, who on this day in 2007 played his 1,000th game and collected his 1,413th hit. That is second fastest in history, only to Philly, Philadelphia A's great Al Simmons go A's. If you think about that, obviously that was with the Mariners as part of his great Mariners career, but that's so he averaged at least a hit and a half per game for his first thousand games. That's crazy, especially in today's era. You'd never, you probably never see that again with uh, with guys just trying to go, which we'll get into in a little bit. Congrats to congrats to Ichiro. Were you an Ichiro guy? Yeah, I was still that Mariners train from King Griffey Jr. and he was like the next one. Yeah, and yeah, I liked him. For some reason, it took me a little while. I, they're a West Coast team, although I liked Griffey. I think he just didn't look the part. I was looking for like big muscle. I mean, it was right after the uh, Roids era. So I was looking for like just huge dudes, Jack and bombs. And he obviously didn't do that. But I, I did become a fan of his more so when he came East Coast with the Yankees and, and Marlins because he was like in his 40s and he was still beating out infield singles. It was crazy, the the stuff he was doing. Yeah. So good congrats to uh, – shout out to Ichiro. You know, we haven't um, – we haven't recorded you and I in – a couple weeks now. Last week we had Jack Fritz. Shout out to him. Thanks for coming on. We had a lot of fun. He and I, well, fun, I guess, in quotes, uh, commiserating <laughs> about Phillies baseball. <laughs> uh, and honestly, foreshadowed a lot of what happened in the past week. But you and I, Tony, have not talked in two weeks now about baseball. But you wouldn't know it if you look at the NLE standings. They are exactly the way they, they were when we left them. The Mets are treading water to barely remain above 500 and in first. The Phillies and Braves are right behind them, but just, you know, cannot get out of their own ways. The Marlins are kind of fun and kind of suck, and the Nats are full suck. So it's good that, uh, good to see that, you know, as much as summer comes, some things stay the same. I saw the Mets are trying to kind of like planning to make some moves potentially. So it could be a separator from, for maybe the rest of the NL East. But then, of course, you got the Braves hopefully getting some of their guys back from injury and, you know, as you look at the standings, it really this division could end up being the one that is kind of the mystery past yeah. when some of the others potentially are, are decided. So what what did you see? I didn't even what did you see like rumor wise about the Mets as you see stuff? Uh, they didn't say anybody in particular, but, you know, the right. Grom's coming back on Tuesday. Uh, I think he's pitching next Sunday nights, too. So it's kind of two big games this week. By the way, did you see him? <laughs> you did because I sent this to you on Twitter. He was just torching those rookie rookie ball guys. <laughs> yeah, that was so great. That was so funny to watch. It was like, I don't know if you said this or someone else on Twitter said it looked like when there's just a big kid in Little League yeah. <laughs> and it's all little kids. He just overpowered them. Oh man, it looked like it looked like Kramer going against the. Oh, uh, that's the what you said. Yeah, at, at the dojo. <laughs> yeah, Kramer against the the minis at the dojo. Yes, so good. Uh, it was also cool to see some of the tweets around that. Like, well, first of all, the the Palm Beach, I think it was Cardinals or whatever. They had fun with it. Like they leaned into it. They said, <laughs> "Send help uh, now." 
<laughs> and then the next morning they said good morning to everyone except Jacob deGrom, which is which is good. But I also read that he catered two meals like so he did like a pregame meal beforehand, which was like something kind of light and good. I can't remember what it was. And then he had like a full on steakhouse spread afterwards. Um, and I bet that's cool for the minor league guys to be able to, you know, do that when, when one of the big guys is in town. Yeah. Cool that was guy. cool. Um, yeah, that was fun. You know, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about the, really the main thing I want to talk about today, we've joked on this podcast a little bit about being two angry old men, probably less joking than, than serious but um you know i've been watching some of these games recently and i can't help but wonder and i wish i kind of wish we would have talked to anthony castrovince about this i know you love analytics but at what point is the game deteriorating because of the the analytics focus and there's tons of factors to this but the three that you know the three that like are blatant in my mind are number one no hitters are just happening left and right. I mean, we could talk about some of them because because some of them happened last week. Two of them happened last week, but that's that seems crazy. We're seeing all time lows by the majority of batters. There's a couple notable exceptions of that to that. The, the, some of the stars are still continuing to hit, but overall, guys are not hitting the ball. And then the, just the common sense stuff that we learned in little league is being ignored about hitting in front of guys and, and going the other way with outside pitches and running the bases and things like that, because it's not the statistically appropriate action. And I'm just wondering at what point are like the Phillies, for instance, who is, which is who I, you know, contextualize everything through. They just leave two, three men on base all the time because they're unwilling to go the other way with the ball. So I get it at some level, but it's like, you know, at what point are we going too far with some of this stuff? which is why I think you're seeing some of the potential rule changes, but I don't know that again, that those will take effect for reasons that we've mentioned on previous, previous episodes. So, you know, you mentioned the no hitters, by the way, no hitters, uh, over under nine and a half this year. That was the, that was the over under at the start of the year. No, I'm, that's, I, I want to hear from you right now. Over okay, so we've had how many? We've had is it five? <clears throat> Wasn't six just the other night because we're two away from the record, which is eight, right? Okay, oh, absolutely over, no doubt. Then if we're at six, I mean, anyone it's just like anyone with any pedigree ever is, is viable to throw a no hitter right now. It's crazy, yeah. I thought about setting it at 10 and a half, so 11 no hitters. We might see that. I mean, Spencer Turnbull threw one. Who's ever heard of Spencer Turnbull if you're not a tiger, diehard Tigers fan? By the way, had him in my fantasy like ad drop three different times that day and was like, you know what? I can't keep going to the Tigers well. They're no good. Let him go. <laughs> so thanks to me for, for that no-hitter for him. But the yeah, what, what do you think? Is, and I don't, I don't know that it would be interesting to hear who this is, who's saying this. But with the new extra inning rules, I hear people say it's fun because teams are playing old school yeah. baseball. And at what point do you, if who's saying that? Is everybody saying that, or is it just old people that are saying that? No, I don't think it's old people because, like for instance, I think a lot of, or not not a lot, but some of the more purists don't like the the extra inning rules. 
I kind of tend to agree with them in certain ways where, you know, it's, it's giving a definite advantage to the home team. But I think what you're talking about is it's fun because there's action on the base paths. There's, you know, a clear way to bunt a guy over to third and which is, you know, how we played baseball forever. I, I guess my concern with it is twofold. Like one is if it's, if it's going to, it's honestly reminds me so much. That's why I was curious about your take of what the NBA has done, you know, where it's either three or layup. And I get that that's the right, especially in basketball and stuff like that. But for me as a, as a casual like fan, it's just not as enjoyable. Like I'd rather watch Jordan take midway fadeaways, mid mid range fadeaways or Kobe or even mellow. Right. Then just like Robert Covington in the corner for three. So I don't know. That's what I equate it to. I'm worried we're going too far that way. The hard part is that you have a whole generation now of players that are being brought up to play that way. You can't just say to somebody, hey, we're just going to. So even if a team decides we're going to start playing this way, they're going to have to find the players. You You can't just take players and say, all right, here, just change it and hit this way instead now. So yeah. It's a, it, it's, I think it's going to be a bigger problem or a bigger fix than if they get to a point where they want to change it, it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah, it's a good point. I was, we were watching last night, the Phillies had a, had a guy on second, um, in against the, uh, Mar- or no, who did we play last night? The Red Sox. And, uh, my dad was like, just bunt, just bunt, just bunt. And I was like, I mean, they don't know how to bunt. Like they don't know how to lay down a bunt up the first baseline to to move that guy over. So I don't know who's going to bunt that. That's how uh, freaking Roman Quinn broke his finger earlier this year because he he was grabbing the bat like like you know all the way around the barrel, which is crazy. <laughs> You're a professional baseball player, but um yeah, we'll have to kind of see where that goes. Um, speaking of some notable players who are still hitting, so we talked about that. Uh, the stars are continuing to rake despite the changes in the baseball, despite the, the way that pitching is happening. And two of the brightest stars have to be, no, the two brightest stars have to be Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I mean, I, if you, if you, if you're having picking MVPs today, you probably pick them one and one a as, <laughs> as MVPs and they're on the same team. And yet they're not going to make the playoffs <laughs> again. I just don't even like where did what do the angels do from here? Where do they go? How do you what do you do with this? This is you have two of the top ten players in the game and you're not making the playoffs. You you feel bad for a guy like Mike, Mike Trout because at the end of his career, you have so many years of saying he's clearly the best player in baseball, and really he has nothing to show for it. Yeah. I mean, who who else who else who else can you say that of? Like Bonds like had the home run. Dan runs Marino. Oh, oh, in baseball. in baseball, you know, Bonds yeah. had the home run stuff and the home run chase, and obviously tainted by the steroid talk, right? But man, yeah, nobody. I mean, everybody had something. I guess, I guess, Griffey. Yeah, that's who I was going to go to too, Griffey. But I feel like they made the playoffs. Yeah, they had some teams. exciting years. Yeah, yeah, that it's man, it's crazy, and that team has dudes like they've got those two. They've got uh, what's his face. Rendon, they've got uh I don't know, they have players. They're not they have Tommy uh Fam, I think it is no Tommy Lastella. They they have some players, but they just cannot get it together. It's it's crazy to watch that. Uh especially as a team in the Phillies who you know, we have like one guy that can hit a, a, a decent OPS. 
I just can't fathom having two of those guys in the middle of your lineup and not being able to win ball games. Which goes to the point you better pick a place that has pitching. Yep. Cause you can get all the money if you want, but if you don't have the the pitching to back you up, it uh doesn't work. Which though, to the other point, you can have all the pitching you want, but if you don't have any hitting, i.e. Mets, then yeah. it doesn't work either. You have to wonder if he's how much Mike's regretting that contract right now, though. I mean, he basically signed his life into the Angels. Now he's seen what what happened when Albert Pujols did that, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, you you just that's just looking at yourself in the future potentially. Which, by the way, Albert Pujols home run the other night. I uh, saw that. Uh, other way, pretty confident with the bat drop but, for where it landed. Like oh, that it. guy's gonna be sixty and still think that he can crush <laughs> it. Misplaced confidence. I love guys like that. By the oh, way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had one of those. We had warning track power from uh, Odubel Herrera on the fills. Full bat. When Odubel does a bat flip, it's like a like it's like a trampoline. Like he like lets it fly, and uh, just bounces right off the base of the wall. It was phenomenal. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Albert too, that one snuck out. He was, he was chugging around pretty well. Um, anyway, so I, I don't know where the angels go from here. I feel like, uh, they got the manager, they got the, the, some of the talent, they cut Albert cause supposedly he was clogging them up. Now he's probably going to get a ring. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, what'd you see in the, uh, in the Cubs Cardinal series last night? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you'd say, uh, Again, misplaced confidence by the umpire. <laughs> Just I don't care, which is ironic because of how young he was. That yeah. you have, you would see that typically from like you. You think you'd see that from like a Joe West, but you know, thirty-year-old umpire behind the plate. <laughs> when David Ross came out, you could hear on the the mics picked up. He would he was about to say something, and he he started a sentence, and then he just stood there and took it. Yeah, and then proceeded to take it the entire night. By by, you know, Baez probably should have got tossed. Ended up with a huge hit later on in the game. Yeah. But I mean, they they he was bad and he knew it. You could tell he knew it. Something like eighty five percent missed calls last night. I mean, that's that goes to Dallas Braden is the um, the A's. Uh, he's in the A's broadcast booth, yeah. and he you know big A's fan over here he was talking the other night on air about how he thinks the umpires are willfully doing this to, <laughs> to prove a point. Um, and I don't even understand what that point is other than they should be replaced by robots. But like, <laughs> how do you, I feels like just, I, I shouldn't say that. Maybe, maybe it's, I think it was 85% of what is what he got right. Oh, okay. Okay. So he Which missed sounds- 15%. Yeah, but that's still ludicrous. That's an incredible. It is. If, you compare, if you compare that to if you compare that to the average, like that's it was one of the all time worst, is what I saw. Yeah, but so. I mean, missing or getting fifteen percent is what I thought you meant. <laughs> yeah, be... no, my fault. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, about, sorry about that. Sorry that about would that. be that would be truly crazy. Yeah, but especially the attitude that you pointed out that does give you the sense that these guys are just. I don't know if they have it in where they're just like, hey, collectively we're gonna. You know, we're going to make it known this year that we are we control this game, not replay or whatever. I don't. There was the one play at first, um, or was it at first or third? Third, I think it was actually where David Bodie for the Cubs was standing on the bag, and even in real time, if you had to guess, it looked like he got the runner, 
but it was close. But in, in replay, it was clear as day. I mean, he got him and he actually got him on the bag and then tagged him on the leg before the guy got to the base, which was unnecessary. Um, it's an incredible, incredibly hard job that none of us could do. We have the benefit of sitting there watching, but you have to wonder with the technology that we have, why don't you go ahead and improve the consistency Yeah, with machines? I heard too some, something about potentially lowering the strike zone. You were talking about some changes that could potentially be made, but to lower the strike zone because the amount of, you know, obviously the high fastballs, home runs that are hit, that that could potentially improve some of the problems that we have with with that so i have to look into that more but it was brought up on something i was listening to so i thought but, it was interesting but, okay you say we couldn't all do the job i agree in the real time like those those dudes are, are but the replay literally anyone can do the replay that that's they've where really i don't understand they've it. screwed the umpires with the replay how so well uh, you, because you bring in the if, if you're going to make the call, make the call in real time and leave it at that. But if you're right. going to use the replay, use it for the right things, which are things that we've talked about before already on the show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're saying, but like, okay. So the Bodie call, if we look at just that one, his foot's on the bag. When you slow it down, you see his foot is on the bag and he tagged. So is it just because that's considered a judgment call that, that they can't overturn it? Like I, I truly don't understand, understand how that works. When I hear this talked about by people much smarter than I, they still don't know what's reviewable and what's not. So okay. I, that's what, therein lies some of the frustration and the inconsistencies, I think, with fans and with media or who are the ones that the fans are listening to on social media. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just it is frustrating and it um, it makes you want I, you know, it's like, yeah, they could do they have a they have a great skill, but so could, you know millions of high frequency cameras or whatever they call them. And then one guy watching the whole game like over, cause you always need the human element. I get it, but um, I don't know. 95% of it feels like it's just objective calls that should be made. But anyway, we're going to get a, a notice from the umpires association, probably a cease and desist <laughs> of some kind. Uh, but it, yeah, otherwise it, you know, that we had the, the two, the two shout out or the uh, two no hitters last week, Turnbull and Kluber. Um, Really haven't had a ton of notable series otherwise. Uh, the the NLS is kind of continuing to roll on. Um, East is, is as we mentioned it. I would like to point out that since I said the White Sox are going to finish first in the AL, I mean, they've been unstoppable. Hot as lava over there. Since I picked the Twins, they're absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's feast or famine on this show. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on Tony La Russa? <laughs> oh man he's had a rough month yeah all right is it more disrespectful to hit a home run off a position player on a 3-0 count or to be pitching a position player in a game that doesn't matter case. more disrespectful yeah i think i think it's the fact you that got you managers have to use- I'm going to the greatest of all time, which is a complete overstatement. Bobby Cox would never, ever, ever put a position player and allow him on the mound and allow him to pitch ever. Yeah. Because that was quote unquote disrespectful to the game, but it's disrespectful. Apparently if you're just throwing matzo balls out there at the end of a game, like you deserve to 
get crushed. However, when your umpire tells you to not swing and you kind of just disregard it, but he's your, a rookie. Your, coach, your manager, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think I think I, I agree with you on if they're gonna put it out there, this is the major leagues. You know what I mean? Like you gotta hit what you gotta hit or what they what they put out there to hit. Also, they're not ever if it's reverse, if it's the end of a game, you're up 15 to three. No one's ever upset that, you know, some pitcher comes in and strikes out the side and dudes aren't trying. Like, so you can't just penalize batters. I will Mercy say rule? though, no, nah, that's dumb. Just play competitive baseball. You play and seven innings in a double header. That's equally dumb. Too. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I might agree. as well throw out a 10 run mercy rule. They're just going to make this the little leagues. And then we have orange slices yeah, ten afterwards. Run, 10 run mercy rule at the, at, at the end of seven innings, because if today, today's analytics run baseball and you're just going to throw out some guy that doesn't matter, yeah. then why keep playing? But see, this is where my the old fans man, would rather go that. home anyways. The fans would rather go home. The losing Everybody fans. would rather go home. The losing fans, aka the losers, would rather go home. The winning fans are just watching a party happen. You know, they might get to see somebody hit a 3-0 salami uh, on on somebody. But no, nah, I mean, you're you're probably right. Um, the one thing I will say is, I am a Tony Larusa defender, uh, and no one else agrees with me on this because he goes, he's gone against his players now a couple of times, and I get it. But like, he's won World Series. And very few other managers have won World Series that are that are coaching right now. And these dudes are young and they need to fall in line with what he says. So, like, I don't know. I, I feel like if Bill Belichick, you know, in 10 more years, if he switched teams, this exact scenario would happen to him. Someone's going to get upset about some soft thing that he does. And he, you know, he calls the kids soft from another generation, blah, blah, blah. How can you hate Tony La Russa? I, I, I get that he's not like a great guy, but as a manager... He's he's as good as they come, or he was at least. Better tell that kid over there to get off your lawn. <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't hate the old old school baseball, but I hope you actually do title this two old men, two Talking angry baseball. old men. Yeah, well, two angry old men. That's, that's a good title. All right. Um, well, this is good. Good to catch up. Uh, not like I said, not a ton has happened. Unfortunately, both of our teams are continuing to just uh, sort of bump their heads against ceilings that are themselves. Um, so, uh, so not not much else to report there. Anything else before we uh, before you sign off? Uh, you know, it, somewhat important day, but Memorial Day coming up. You know, so much parody in baseball. I don't know that Memorial Day is going to be maybe July 4th until you kind of get an idea of who these teams are. So, yeah, parody in sports. Everybody says it's there. I don't know that it's actually there. By the end of the year, the teams that win are actually the teams Good. that win. But yeah. it's something to talk about in May. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, when Jack Fritz was on last week, we went through, at least on the NL side, and uh, there's really – almost all of the division leaders could very easily be sellers with a, a, a bad month between now and, and the, you know, the deadline. So I think it'll be, I think we'll see a lot of shakeups between now and, and the deadline. I don't even know when the deadline is. It's usually around July 4th, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon with another episode and, uh, Oh, we didn't do our, our, Three strikes. You have any? Uh, you have any melting takes you needed to throw out there? I was trying to come up with something about the Dodgers, but I don't. I can't think of it. 
By the way, NL West, every week, something different. But Padres, maybe the hottest team in baseball. I saw them at the top of power ratings. Uh, yeah. Somebody's power ratings. I can't say. I can't remember who. The Dodgers close behind and the Giants close behind. So Dodgers are going to win the division. It's just now Fat Albert just leading them, showing them, you know, veteran ways. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I've been enjoying watching the Padres. I'm trying to think of last week. It's a very Philly specific one. Jack Fritz said that Aaron Nola is not the ace of the Phillies. And this week has confirmed that. So it's been a rough, rough week up in uh, the two and five. But um, I think, you know, the one thing I will say, this isn't really a take, but just to sign us off, I'm a little bit coming around on the fact that the Mets might win this division. I've been very vehemently against that. But man, the Braves and the Phillies just, maybe the Braves can make a push if they get some help. Um, they're just so inconsistent, like concerningly inconsistent. I don't know. I don't see how they're going to turn that around, but see what happens. How many strikes was that? Was that two, three, two and a half? Yeah. Why you have another Tampa Bay race, 11 game winning streak. So shout out to the there we go. There we go. All right. Leave it on a positive note. Thanks, Tone. Catch you later. See ya.